This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Pat's pals and Foxborough friends, we welcome you to the latest edition of Six Rings and Football Things, a presentation of WEEI-FM, WEEI.com, and Odyssey Sports. I'm your old pal, Nick Fitzy Stevens, joined as always by the great, mighty, and powerful Andy Jumbo Hart. On today's program, we will discuss who our top five Patriots players are headed into the 2022 season, continue along with our positional breakdowns in advance of training camp 2022. Today, we're going to be riding the D-line. And then in the Pat's Potpourri segment, we'll discuss the surprising and pleasant emergence of Trent Brown as a leader, Lil Jordan Humphrey. He's hardly anything but and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good afternoon, Andy Jumbo Hart. We are recording on the afternoon, the after eve, if you will, of game six of the NBA finals. So obviously sports emotions are riding high in title town. Yet here we are taking a little bit of a Pats break to continue on with the Six Rings pod, which, of course, we hope you follow at Six Rings pod. What's going on? So the good news is, much like us, all the Patriots, their coaches, everybody can focus on the Celtics. They're in their nice dead period here where they don't have to worry about practice tomorrow or workouts or anything. So my guess is uh, many of them will be tuned in and uh, cheering on their uh, their green teamers. Uh, yes, he is once again, of course, at Jumbo Hart. He would rather be voting. And of course, I'm at Fitzy GFY. We speak only in truths. Celtics in seven. All right, Andy. So in this sort of dead period, which gives us like, I'd say another camp opens the 27th. So we have less than a month and a half to analyze the team, make ridiculous prognostications, pick things apart that don't need picking apart and just kind of do what we do as nonstop obsessive Pats people. Uh, today, we've decided to take a look, per your suggestion, at who we believe are the five most important Patriots players headed into camp in the 2022 season. Uh, I have a feeling uh, you and I will pro you and I will like cross over on a couple, but uh, I'm here for the disagreement therein. Uh, so the opposite of the social media uh, comment, he understood the assignment. I'm yep. not sure we both did the same assignment in preparation for this show. So Perfect. this could go off the rails early and often. Uh, I didn't do most important. I ah. did best. Oh, best. best. So because Actually, this, they're the same. So that's fine. Okay. 
So just in in like full disclosure, this is in preparation of an annual column I do where I rank the Patriots roster from mm-hmm. 190 in the summer sometime where um, it's useless after like, I don't know, 12. But uh, it's fun and people love to debate it and want to know why James Devlin was so high and, and things of that nature. And who's number 90? Oh, how'd you have Gunner as 90? Well, he looked like a ball boy. That's how he started out at number 90 on the roster. Um so that was sort of the uh, the impetus behind this. But yes, it's the top five Patriots players. But I want to be clear, we didn't discuss criteria, mm-hmm. standards. Nope. You know, you could use what they did last year. I could use what I think they're going to do this year. You can take health, age, contra, anything you want into consideration just to make a top five Patriots. I just want to be clear. Top five Patriots players. Ooh, this changes things a little bit for me, but not so much that I need to like do a gut renovation. Like I can live within the renovation of this because I think four of my five guys stay the same. And to me, in terms of like best, it also relates to their importance because if these guys are at their best, then the Patriots team is at their best. The guys that I've selected, I'm going to bump one off who I had previously selected. Spoiler alert, that was Nick Folk. I do think he's one of the five best Patriots, but I don't think I should have him on there just because there are other people whose contributions will be more important this season. But Nick Folk is inarguably, I think, one of the most important ones. And no, this is not just me with my place kicker fan club love. This isn't just me in the big kick Nick society. So goes Nick Folk in a lot of these games. So go the Patriots because of their previous inabilities in 2020 and 2021 to punch the ball over the six-point line. So do you want to start? Um, we'll go in reverse order, I assume. We'll go with our 5-4-3-2-1, build up the excitement and the anticipation. And yeah, I will- let, let's, let's do that, and let's have you kick off. Your suggestion, your segment, your honor, your honor. My list of top five Patriots players in reverse order begins with Second-year defensive lineman Christian Barmore. At oh! I think he has uh, the potential to be much higher on this list in the coming years, the talent to be higher on this list, the impact potential to be higher on this list. But I think Christian Barmore had a really good rookie season. Uh, we all know he's a top two to three interview, as long as you can slow it down to half speed so you have any idea what exactly he says. But uh, – I like the cut of his jib, as some would say. Christian Barmore, number five. Christian Barmore, number five. Now, if he's on my list, oh. should I jump ahead to that spot? No, no, no. Okay, good. I'll hold five. on to that. Fine. I'll, all right. Well, I will keep with our reverse numerical rankings. Andy Hart coming in at number five on my list, a player who I drafted first overall when I was a guest on the Boston Herald's Andrew Callahan's uh, Pat's Interference podcast. We did a break the team down and draft your favorite Patriots players team. And my first selection is number five on my Patriots best players list, running back Damian Harris out of the University of Alabama. Roll Pat. Uh, I think the guy is primed for a massive season. If he can stay healthy, I understand that they drafted two running backs. I know Ramondre, Mondre, or Ramondo Stevenson, as Wiggy calls him, is also primed for a big year as well. But Damian Harris, as we mentioned on the pod before, has shown up on breakout players list, even though you would think that 900 yards and 14 touchdowns is breakout-ish, which is what he had last year. This is a power running team. They're going to run the ball early, often, and all over. They could actually be switching to a bit more of a zone run concept. Harris is a one-cut-and-run, big, badass mofo, uh, and I see I see his health 
as one of the keys to the Patriots offense moving forward this season. So I got him coming in at number five. I like the pick. He would be others receiving votes on my list. Okay. Um, I think he's a good, not great player. I think when you compare him to the better running backs in the league, he doesn't necessarily measure up. Now, here's where it got interesting. If you said most important players, mm-hmm. I might put him in my list because I do think he's going to be a key part of the offense. I just think he's a good, not great player. So I like that. Let's give me your number four. We'll, we'll alternate back and forth. Damian Harris would be invited to the ceremony, but there's no chance he's prepping an Oscar speech. Nope. Nope, Fair no enough. need. All right, coming in at number four, also out of the University of Alabama, your number five is my number four. Give me Barmore, Christian Barmore. I, you know, I think this guy, like, you want to talk sky's the limit in terms of 2022 New England Patriots. If what we were teased with, if what we saw, if what we enjoyed and appreciated in his rookie season can be amped up by 25%, we'll say, would that be a reasonable percentage of jump in terms of quality of play, sacks, and efficiency this year? Maybe 15 to 20%? Yeah. I mean, some guys it's more. Like they just the, – the switch is just flicked over and they get it and everything, the full year, everything. But, no, I think that's a for – a, for a guy who was good but you think he has upside, I think 25% would be a fair, a fair expectation. And it was you who said recently on the pod that Barmore himself said that this season he wants to, what is it, uh, eat the quarterback, finish the quarterback, eat the quarterback, finish the quarterback, um, which is a a triggering phrase in other markets, but we won't get into that because we're here to only talk about the New England Patriots on the Six Rings pod. I don't want to step step into places that will get me in trouble. Uh, He wants to eat the quarterback's babies. He wants to get the job done. He wants to be a backfield wrecker. I want to see him make the, I want to see him get into the, I want him to be in like Leonard Marshall, Richard Dent territory this year, where it's just like, where is Barmore on every play? And what are we going to, I'm not going to say Reggie White, but I'm going to put him up there with like guys that make Bill Belichick proud because he's in the lineage of great defensive players he coached or schemed against and always has to be accounted for. Yeah, I think, um, I don't really have doubts about Barmore for some reason. For all the questions about him coming out, um, I feel pretty confident he's going to be a pretty damn good player. And I feel equally as confident that my number four on the list is going to have a breakout season. You mentioned it earlier. I think one mm-hmm. of these shows, one of our uh, topics might just be like bold predictions for the Patriots in 2020. That's, that's coming very soon. And I'm really looking forward to that one because that's where I shine. Yeah, I, I know. Bold, idiotic predictions. <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay. We don't hold. It's no, no, nope. no judging. Um, so I think Kyle Duggar is going to take his game to the next level. Daga. Uh, I think he has all the tools physically. You watch him on the practice field, nice diving interception in minicamp, mm-hmm. showing some athletic ability more than just, oh, I'm a big bruiser that can kind of play linebacker in the box. And no lingering effects from like the clubber hand that he nope. had to play with in the Buffalo. Okay, good. He looks like he is ready to go to me. And then you hear the veteran guys, you know, the Devin McCourty types talk about him. And they always start with the way he approaches his job, his work ethic, his professionalism. And so to me, when you combine freakish athletic ability with work ethic and professionalism, you have a Pro Bowl player. So I'd say Kyle Duggar, Pro Bowl caliber player. And making veteran comps once again in the wide world of Belichick, uh, I believe he's always wanted Kyle Duggar, who may or may not have done a little Rodney Harrison training this offseason. I feel like Bill has wanted him to try to mold himself in the, the the vein of like the great Ed Reed. Obviously, no one is going to be another Ed Reed 
but just to make a veteran comp, like if he could be, if he could just continue to aspire to be a great tackler, accounted for in every play, great picks, solid tackling, sack the quarterback. That's exactly what I know Bill would want out of him. And I think the kid's been great the first two years. I mean, you were hesitant to say Reggie White with Christian Barmore. I think we should be very hesitant to use the word Ed Reed for just about any safety on the planet, not named Ed Reed. Right. Um, I also, I don't think he has the deep end capabilities that Ed Reed did. Ed Reed was a freak back there. Even Brady obviously would tell you the whole find number 20 on every play that he wrote right. down in his wristband. Um, but I think Doug, like to me, Troy Polamalu, I think he's an absolute missile. Anytime mm -hmm. he's around the ball, he's a missile. So, but yeah, Kyle Duggar. So I'm going to move up to number three. Do it. But I don't have to move very far because I'm going to stay in the safety position. Oh. And I'm going to give credit where credit is due to one Adrian Phillips, who I think. Lead and tackler. Leadership, value, production, versatility. Getting kind of his ass absolutely kicked his first year here. Played a lot of linebacker as these guys do. But, you know, guards just trying to engulf him, staying healthy. I also sneaky love him off the field in mm -hmm. terms of interviews, just like able to talk without getting himself in trouble, but still kind of giving you a feel for the tone of the team, the temperature of the team. I think Adrian Phillips might be one of the most underrated players in football right now due to the uh, leadership and versatility he brings to the Patriots defense. And no matter how many times we mention him on this pod, on the radio, wherever else Pats fans gather for – uh, uh, a good old uh, Snapchat, if you will. I, I think he never gets enough credit for the contributions he makes. Leading tackler, like I said, never really out of position. Sometimes you get beat. That's just how the game go from size, from moves, from speed. But he's accountable on and off the field, uh, an, an emerging team leader. And when this guy signed that three-year, super team-friendly, like $14 million extension, when he easily could have gone to the open market with the resume that he's picked up the last couple seasons in New England and gotten 50% more of that or then some, that's when I knew this guy wanted to be here. That's who I want here, Andy. I want people here that want to be here. Speaking of here, who do you have at number three? Okay, uh, coming in at number three, key to the Patriots' pass rush alongside Christian Barmore along the defensive line. Let's hope he can finish the quarterback or finish the season in a healthier capacity. Give me your unofficial general manager in the 2022 offseason, Pats recruiter at outside linebacking edge, Matthew Judon. Number nine. Ooh, number nine in your program, number three in your heart. <laughs> number, th <laughs> number three for Fitzy and not for Andy Hart. Yeah, I Judon's, I mean, like, he, you saw the impact he made last year when he was feeling it. The team was feeling it. The defense responded. I know they feasted on the weak, the infirmed, and the incapable during the middle part of that season. But it's kind of interesting that Mac's game fall, fell off. Judon's game fell off during those final couple of games where they stumbled over themselves down the stretch, then got their blank blown off in the playoffs. So goes Judon, I believe, in a lot of ways. So goes the front part of that defense, which is going to be key because the second half of the defense or the back end is a little bit of a huh, emoji this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have. Uh, let's just say I may be talking about Judon in a few minutes, so uh, I don't have too much to say about Judon so, right now. So you can give me your number two. Top Coming player. in second place because he is hardly number two is someone we're going to talk about later on in the podcast. Give me Trent Brown. Offensive lineman, your New England Patriots. Right tackle, left tackle, anywhere this guy goes, now down to a svelte 370 pounds. Trent Brown is a mass of humanity, and 
it's no accident. The run game increases by almost two yards per carry when the guy's on the field, as Stanley writes frequently or wrote frequently and often in Marvel Comics. Nuff said. Yeah, I Trent Brown did not make my list, and it's primarily the Belichickian approach of the most important ability is availability. And other than the 2018 campaign where he was awesome and available all the time, he's not available. He wasn't available to the Raiders, wasn't available to the Patriots last year, wasn't available this spring for times on the practice field. Because I do think Trent Brown, when healthy, motivated on the field, is one of the best players on any field. Whatever Mm -hmm. field he steps on, he can dominate. Mm -hmm. But he's not always out there. I have some questions about how this year is going to go, so he didn't quite... He would also be sitting with Damian Harris in the others receiving votes section of the Andy Hart top five Patriots. You think Trent Brown has ever flown coach? Uh, No. (laughs) I also don't think he could fly on like a puddle jumper to Nantucket where they ask you for your weight and then he lies and then the plane crashes. (laughs) Like, like, quick side note, quick, I mean, I don't want to go completely off the rails, but at the same time, like when somebody is that big, I just wonder how do you go about you know, life. Like, how do you fly? What kind of car can Trent Brown drive? Like, does but he he's have- lucky. He plays in the NFL. So he's made tens of millions of dollars. So he has the luxury to order the, what do they call it? The Uber XL or whatever, like the bigger car, the bigger this the first class flight. Think of the poor guy that's his size. And there oh are people God. his size that don't play yeah. in the NFL. How the bleep does that guy get through life in his little Yugo and like flying Southwest, like running for the exit row seat? And that's I don't understand. I don't understand how you do it. Just like what pants store do you go to? What I mean, like there's Destination XL and then there's like Destination. Like, I just don't understand how you do it. Like you have to always fly first class because you need at least two seats. You're the entire back seat in in an Uber XL. Um, You just like there's just he's so big. He's so big. But again, that's why. He, the Patriots need him on the field all the time. And I do think that when he's on the field for someone who makes that big a difference, uh, you know, and has that much talent and, and the fact, and the, again, we'll address this later on in the pod in the third segment, like he's becoming a bit more of a vocal leader. I think he wants to be one of the faces of this new Patriots team and I'm here for him. So he's got my vote for two. Andy, who's your second best Patriot? Number two on my list is a, a guy. I think you ran from too quickly and too easily. I think the Patriots won and lost games over the last two seasons and probably will win and lose games in 2022 because of Nick Big Kick Folk. Wow. I can't believe I took him off the list and you put him at number two. I, wow. He does wow. his job. Oh, I should take a lap. Can you do the pot if I take a lap? No. He right. does his job about as well as anybody on the team because one or of the in the league. Yes, or in the league. One of the knocks was like he can't hit long field goals. How many games has he won with 50 plus yard field goals for the Patriots in the last couple of years? Three, four? I mean, I think it's, I think it's three, but like everyone still remembers the one 56 yarder that he only missed by like three inches. And it's if he hit six yards That's and okay. in the rain and like, in the rain, get off, Nick. Well, after well, it's hard to, but like it's well Nick. after. Ah, uh, here we go. <laughs> but yeah, Nick Bolt uh, to me is a pro bowl caliber, all pro caliber kicker who awesome. has come here. And as Belichick always says, like he's been pretty damn lucky to go from Adam Vinatieri to Steven Gostowski to Nick Folk with very few lapses in the, in the middle. And they're all elite game winning type kickers. Now I'm a little concerned with his 
uh, injury being unavailable a little this spring. But I also just think he's reached the point he's like John Daly, like roll the camper up to Gillette Stadium the day before the game, mm -hmm. tell him to put the butts away when he actually walks on the field and just kick. Like, I, I don't really need you. Let's all just go ahead and uh, officially say that the, everyone at the Six Rings pod and WEI does not know if Nick Folk is a cigarette smoker. I'm just uh, although, although, I know Andy is speaking more metaphorically. However, yes. if Nick Folk were seen on the sidelines with a PBR and butt in hand, not only would I not give a flying blank, I would officially vault him to the top of my all-time favorite Patriots list. Sorry, Tom Brady. Nick Folk. Big kick, Nick. The legend they're in. He's just that much cooler. Well, you like um, him so much, you left him out of your top five. But... I, I'm, I'm just honestly, I'm ashamed of myself. Right you should now. be. I it's mean, okay, I, but you should be. I live in a perpetual state of shame. Okay. Uh, now, I also but, think wow. you should show some shame for the person who should have been number one on your list, but was not. My number one player. Pretty sure he's the only person on the Patriots who's been to the three, uh, three straight Pro Bowls. He was a defensive player, the year candidate for at least half the season. Did he run out of gas? Sure. So did mm -hmm. the whole damn team. So did Bill Belichick. If we we're getting rid of people that ran out of gas, we wouldn't have a top five list. All right. um, I, Matt Judon is a legit elite or not elite, high level edge player in the NFL. And he's done it consistently in Baltimore, comes to a new home and does it consistently without much help around him, right. quite honestly. Like he had to do a lot himself. And I think maybe that war on him and, you know, he won, I didn't vote for him, but he won the good guy uh, media award last Ron year. Ron Burton, me, uh, the, whatever yeah. they call it. Yeah, yeah. First year in Foxborough took on a vocal leadership role. I also give him credit because not always do all players after bad games or struggles or late season falling off the map, go to the podium as often as Matt Judon did. So I think Matt Judon, He's a pretty damn good professional, and he's a pretty damn good football player, and I think he's the best player on the Patriots. And if he is the best player on the Patriots this season, they'll hold their ground long enough to lose a bunch of nut-crunching games, uh, finish with a losing record, and disappoint the masses who have their hopes. Maybe not set on the Patriots going back to the Super Bowl, but at least making the playoffs or being competitive all season. All right, I had I made sure to put him in there. I'm still stunned that you had Nick Folk on your list. Shame, 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 shame on me. Number one on my list, the best Patriot, the most important Patriot. Number 10, under center, Mac Jones. This Mac Jones needs to oh, whoa, be. Whoa, whoa. Is he the best or is he the most important? Uh, both. So he's the best Patriot. His talent compared to others at his position, compared to the requirements of the position, he's the best Patriot. I think Mac Jones will be the best Patriot this season. I so think he'll be Mac a better Jones quarterback is... than Nick Folk is a kicker. He'll be a better edge player than Matt Judon is an edge player. He'll be a better defensive lineman than Christian Barmore is a defensive lineman. I have told you I am here for the huge Nick, excuse me, I'm here for the huge Matt uh Mac Jones Matthew season 2.0. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm all about the Mac Jones year two leap, dude. Uh you can tell there are definitely like essences of most important obviously in my ranking but i'm not backing down from it i'm not backing down from somebody it. jesus you gotta have a record-setting leap here i am not backing down from mac jones as the most important and more importantly the 18th the best quarterback best. in football I, it's awful i've seen him i've seen him as low as 20 on some rankings humble pie shall be served january 2023 crow on the side prepared however you wish those are our five rankings for the top five Patriots, the best Patriots 
heading into the 2022 season. Who do you got? Uh, some quick comments as we are recording this live across the at Fitzy GFY socials as well. Our producer, Chris Scheim, had a family matter to attend to, so we hope everything is going well with him. Eric Keene, Mac Jones is going to be great this season. Les Ingles, like Nigel Gruff, can't you see Nick Folk flicking a butt away before the kick? I believe that was the kicker. Um, I think Reese Ifens played him in uh, The Replacements. Uh, a surprisingly good, fun football movie. I love every Keanu Reeves sports movie or movie, period. John Tierney, Andy Hart's number one fan. Nick Folk, the second best Patriot. Now they officially are a dumpster fire. <laughs> that may be true. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> oh, and Jorge Car Cardenas says Damian Harris, beast this year. Deal Maybe. with it. Maybe. I'd be Maybe. We'll see. Listen. I'd be happy to see Damian Harris rush for 1,500 yards. I like Damian Harris. I'm a big fan of Damian Harris. I just don't know if it's actually going to come to fruition. I'd also be happy, by the way, mm -hmm. if Mac Jones is the number one Patriot. Because yes. the old days, mm -hmm. when you do this list, when I used to do this list for like 15 years. It was a snooze. You, you didn't start till number two because Tom Brady was always number one, right? Like maybe the last there was maybe one year where i put gronk ahead of brady because of whatever like specifics trying to be ooh edgy ooh he didn't even have brady's number you know that kind of stupid thing but the reality is you're supposed to start with your best player as your quarterback you know you know where that's true green bay mm -hmm. buffalo mm -hmm. uh, kansas city mm -hmm. uh, la like mm -hmm. chargers not rams but right. it it's generally a really good sign for your team if you just roll out of bed and say the best player on my team is my quarterback. Like that's a first step towards being a consistent playoff team. Well, that, that's what you need. And I think from, I think everything, I've taken all those things into account from you saying that it looks like he's taking charge, yep. adding adding some velocity, putting on the proper weight, getting rid of the wrong kind of weight. Uh, Trent Brown, who again, we'll get to in the third segment, talking about first in, last out, Mac Jones being uh, a leader on this team. That's what they need. That's the, that's the, to me, that's the only way they further develop and get to the promised land or at least stay competitively relevant all season long. All right. That wraps up the first segment. Thank you guys for playing along at six rings pod on the socials. And of course you can email questions, comments, thoughts, and more six rings pod at gmail.com selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast ebay motors is here for the ride 
Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Moving on here on the Six Rings Pod. Our second segment today, we continue with our positional breakdowns. In the previous episode, we broke down the tight end position and came to the realization the Patriots have one pretty good tight end and then a bunch of question marks. We move on today, like I said, riding the D-line to positional breakdown town. We're talking defensive line. Andy, uh, before we get into this, would you say that defensive line overall is a top three positional strength on the team, middle class, or something where the Patriots are lacking? No, I think it's um, it's on the higher end. I don't know. I haven't necessarily ranked them. Sounds like another segment in another podcast, ranking the positions on the Patriots. Uh-oh. Um, Long offseason. In terms of talent, upside, potential, a little bit of depth, I think the defensive line is a solid to above average position. And obviously, I'll, so I'll start with the name that I think we just touched on in our list of top five Patriots. The D-line may be graded how Barmore develops. It's mm-hmm. a little bit like Mac Jones and the entire team, the offense. Where Mac Jones goes, the offense goes. The defensive line, the present, is partially Christian Barmore, but certainly the future is Christian Barmore. And if he develops into what he thinks he can be, I think some of us think he can be, some of those uh, unnamed uh, opposing executives that have been quoted over the last year saying like, wow, I'd like a redo on that one. We kind of mm-hmm. screwed the pooch on that one. Yeah, he deserves to be a middle of the first round pick at yeah. latest, not a middle, uh, not an early second round pick. Right. So Christian Barmore has size, speed, versatility, can move around the front. I don't think you have to worry about him. Lawrence Guy is mm-hmm. one of my favorite Patriots of the, I guess, say like the transitional era here. I've always mm-hmm. thought he was overlooked. I think there's been times where he's been basically the team's MVP on the field, best defensive player on the field. But he's got Leader. one ring at least. He's got one ring at least. So yeah, no, I'm not. I'm just he's one of those guys that I think say 40 years from now people will not remember him at all. And I'm I think he should be remembered. I'm not saying he's Brady or Gronk or Belichick or any of these guys or high tower. No one's even. confusing him for Vince Wilfork, not no. even Jarvis Green, Ty Warren, well, Richard Seymour. No, no, I, I get I it. I think he's been a a top end defensive front player, a captain, a leader. Tells great stories, great guy off the field. I think he's been a little, little bit of an important piece, especially to the the post Tom Brady leadership, the Cam Newton year, the Mac Jones year. Like now, I think he's actually kind of showing his age. I think he's starting to slow down mm-hmm. a little bit. He's kind of on the back nine. Um, oh, don't certainly... tell me he could be a. Could he be a potential no. camp cut? No, absolutely. I think this would be the last season for Larry Guy. Maybe, but he's certainly not the guy. He he, he used to be like the centerpiece of the front. And I don't think nah. he's that anymore. That's Barmore, but that's good. You've brought some, that's how it should work. Oh, he's kind of fading. Oh, this guy is just hitting his stride. Uh, the other two guys that I think are on the 
the higher end of the defensive line uh, talk. One, I'm intrigued by because um, now it's the baby Devon. Devon Godshaw, who got all angry that people mess his name up around here uh, mm-hmm. last year. Is it's it God? Baby- isn't it Godshaw? Oh, I don't know. Is that hey, wrong? Uh, I think it's Godshaw, yeah. I'm not going to take your word. You you pronounce somebody. Oh, name. well, I, yeah, I, I listen, I, I lost yeah. all credibility. That's Janu. First of all, uh, I, <laughs> I lost all, I know it's not, I lost all credibility. I've, I've said time and again, I refuse to call him by his, I refuse to pronounce his name correctly until he makes major positive contributions, or at least does something where he doesn't help the other team catch touchdowns, catches them himself. Uh, I th- believe it's uh God show. But then again, I lost all credibility because I left Nick folk off my top five Patriots yes. list. So you, shame on me. Your name is Nick and you left the biggest folk off your list. Um, God Cha. What are we saying? Show. God show. show. God show. God show. I'm going to say it that way because Fitzy told me to, whether it's right or wrong. He was fine last year. Remember he had that stretch where he had like 10 plus tackles back to back games. He's overpaid. I would, I would say that he's overpaid yeah. for what he does. Not, um, uh, not the value that Kendrick Bourne turned out to be, but no. not the overpay that Janu Smith turned out to be. No, 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 no. At least he's on the field and contributing and like no. a semi-positive. He's just not living up to the value of his contract. I think his cap number this year might be $10 million, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think there's probably some room for him to be a better player next year. Their run defense was really inconsistent last year. There were times where people started to believe in it. And then with the game on the line, the money on the line, they just never got the stops they needed. No, they couldn't get off the field against Miami, against New Orleans, against Dallas, against Tampa. Like when they needed to make big third down plays, a tenant of the early to mid double dynastic run Belichick defenses, they just couldn't do it. And I think that's partially on him. He needs to be better. And I will say, if they're going to field all these young green linebackers, this D line needs to be really good. And a guy like him needs to eat up blockers, right? They, like, they need to be what I very well might be comforting myself in tonight should the Celtics lose game six. Stout. <laughs> that was a long trip to grandma's house. <laughs> it was, but I have a really, really good strong one in the fridge downstairs that I'm saving either for celebration or the uh, bitter taste of defeat. Go ahead. Hey, I love that. You pretend yeah. that it matters. The game's going to end. You're going to drink that beer and just convince yourself the reason you're drinking it. No, I'm gonna drink. I'm gonna save it for Game Seven. Or I hope. I hope I'm not drinking it tonight. If I'm drinking it tonight, it's because the Celtics got bumped. That's why. Okay. Actually, it was last night because of the timeliness of this podcast. Oh yes, that's right. I apologize. I excuse me. I come to you from the future. Um, Dietrich Wise Jr. is, mm-hmm. I would say, similar to who? Can I ask you? Uh, hi, uh, Nick Stevens. Uh, some people call me Fitzy. Uh, longtime Pats fan. First time question on the show. Um, what does Dietrich Wise do? Aside from like be a really good guy, be a really good dude, and like good, dude, I just don't exactly. I know he exactly, yeah, craftsman. And Bill Belichick seems to love him more than anybody on the planet. He <laughs> really does. Extension when he hit free agency. Um, he's he's one of those. He's not guys, a linebacker. He's not a D line. Like he's not. He's huge. a versatile D lineman. He can okay. play inside and out. Um, probably more of an end than a tackle. But when mm-hmm. they do different things, he bumps inside. I think he looks like a marionette doll and just like ready to, for something to fall off every time he's on the field. He has some of the weirdest posture gait that you'll ever see. Uh, the What do they call those? Like uh, hammerhead toes. Like his toes are a mess if you ever see him with his shoes off. Like oh, it's I amazing. Hope, I hope that not he, to. <laughs> it, it is amazing. If you look at his body, it's mm-hmm. like 
that he's a, a high-end professional athlete, it looks like the wheels could fall off at any time, anywhere on his body, the knees, the ankles, the hips. The, it looks like a pain for him to just get out there. I don't think he's as good as Bill Belichick thinks he is. I don't think he's without talents and versatility. He's, I don't, this comes off really distressed. He's just the guy. Like he's a top five on a team for defensive linemen. Like you're never going to be all giddy and excited that he's on your team, but he helps you. But was like, but was he that much better than John Simon? He's no, obviously he's no. Oh, he's better than John Simon, okay. more versatile. Yes. Okay. He's no, but, he, but he's, he's a, no he's Ninkovich. He's, yeah, he's bigger. He's bigger than Ninkovich, but like he doesn't provide that like range, clutch, uh, and playmaking ability. Oh, that, he's like, not that type of player. Those guys. That's what I'm were, saying. That's why I'm asking. Like, what exactly? I don't know exactly there's two where types he is. Of edge tweeners. There's the tweener who is between D tackle and D end, and there's the tweener that's between D end and outside linebacker. Simon Ninkovich are outside tweeners. He's an inside tweener. He's a D tackle slash D end. But I don't know that he does anything at a remarkable level. Like he can rush the passer a little bit. He can mm -hmm. stop the run a little, little bit. He get he's got a high motor. You're gonna he get can tackle in space a little bit, a little bit. But there's nothing that's gonna wow you. Um, but I I wouldn't say he's a cut candidate either. I think he's part of the depth of the defensive front as they develop. Now the next tier of guys may or may not be on the roster. Um, one I've always liked, Henry Anderson, was on mm -hmm. IR all last year. Toward uh, the peck, I think, in game two, game three uh, against New Orleans. Peck. <laughs> um, peck. He, I liked him coming out of Stanford. I just mm -hmm. think he is a fundamentally sound, versatile guy. If you remember last summer, there were a lot of questions about him. Like, he's really doing nothing. Is he going to get cut? Here comes the next cut candidate. Yeah, exactly. And he makes Bill the roster. Was like, cut this. Henry Anderson's going to help us this season. And then he got hurt after that, so we never really got the chance to see it. But Bill seemed pretty confident Henry Anderson was going to be a part of the mix they need. He's big. He's physical. He's got some versatility, good hands. He's, he's got a little like nasty in him, too. Definitely. But he's likewise in that I don't think there's anything that stands out. You're not going to be wowed by him necessarily on any given play or week to week in any given game. But I do think he can be a good part of the depth of the defensive line. The next two guys have been part of the depth of the defensive line for the last couple of years. Um, whether they will or will not be, I'm not sure moving forward. Carl Davis, mm -hmm. your friend, and Cow. recently suspended Daniel Equale, who was on the practice squad, got a bunch of... Uh, what we all hope to live for, Equale, yes. Yep, long live Equale. Uh, but he was suspended, I believe, two games. Two games for reported. what? Yeah, what the hell was that all about? It's hard to know. There, I have not. Was he? Not uh, was, he uh, was he being a smart mouth around coach? Was he? Uh, did he? Show oh no! Up this late? is a league suspension. Yeah, this is okay. a league. So I don't know if this mm. is conduct related. You know, like mm. he could have mm. got a DUI. Like I'm just this. I'm, I've not heard any of this. I, but like some arrest, DUI, some something in the conduct world that maybe yep. gets him a. You know, you 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 went against the league's policies. Could be drug related. I guess. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just right. purely speculating. We don't know irresponsibly purely speculating wonderful that's what this that, what this podcast and the best patriots media is powered by irresponsible speculation so next and and feel free to add anything you need want to say about any of these guys as we uh go. i i'm kind of mostly like i agree with everything you have said so far uh don't even think i have anything to disagree about and i did kind of want to get into the who is you know dietrich wise and henry anderson's i'm more here for the discussion uh as to what these the young guys, the rooks, and, and here some we of go. The, the, these guys can get into, because I want 
the next couple of guys to break out and add a little extra pop youth and speed to the so, D-line. We have two more veterans. I'm just going to say them quick. I don't have much to say about them. Byron Cowart and Bill Murray. Not that yeah. Bill Murray. Different Neither guys. has popped. This is year three for both. Neither has popped. We've heard a lot. Oh, Cowart was a five-star guy. Oh, he should have been something. Sometimes right. you just never evolve into the player that you should have been at that point. And Bill Murray, that's great. I love that uh, Chris Slade coached him up in college. Uh, no, Vincent Brown, the undertaker. I love uh, with the wrong 90s linebacker coaching him up. Uh, obviously, it sound fundamentally was amazing at William & Mary. Okay. Here's your chance. If you want, like, you got a shot right now to make a jump and pop out. Otherwise, like, it's been fun. Thanks for helping out, Copaz. So the two young guys I'm intrigued by. Mm -hmm. One of which um, is a, uh, what would they call the pipeline prospects? LeBron Ray out of yep. Alabama. Hurt and, often during college, but uh, has all the tools, apparently. And two different ends of the spectrum. If you're at Alabama, boy, you were really good and had potential in high school, that whole thing. Then the opposite end of the spectrum, and I forgot to write it down, but Sam Roberts, mm -hmm. Northwest Missouri State, some directional Missouri State. Yeah, um, it was your safety school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> My safety school was like, have it. Uh, oh, stop guy. it. Uh, Sam Roberts uh, was the first person I referenced upon arriving at, I think it was minicamp. Yep. When Paul rookie, Perillo, rookie minicamp, yeah. Paul Perillo texted me from up in the loft at Gillette. And he was like, hey, we're up here doing radio. If you see anything down there eye level, feel free to pass along. So I immediately responded, Sam Roberts is massive. He is a – and not massive in a Vince Wilfork kind of way, more massive in a Christian Barmore, Richard Seymour kind of way, just like fills out the uniform, not fat. And expert analysis you will only get here. His hips are really high. Super high hips, long super legs, high hips, high hips on a I'm D lineman. You, now he's an edge rusher, right? It, could this be the guy? Like, I think he's a hit, tweener, likewise, like a, okay. a tackle, uh, outside kind of guy. All right, but as we have hoped, pined, and wanted for someone on the D line, and I know we'll break down linebackers on a future edition of Six Rings Pod, you know, but as we've been looking for a Ronnie Perkins, a Josh Uche, somebody else to shine and surprise, no, not him. Is it, Sam Roberts, no? Totally different guy. He right, I know, but any chance that he gap penetration, speed off the line. Oh, sure. I think he has some pass rushing upside. Okay. Um, he was the, eh, what the hell's they call it? I don't know. He was the best player in 1AA or whatever. Defense yeah, yeah, yeah. Player, won some award. Um, yep. I think he's going to be raw. Just watching drills with, uh, I call him Joe Kim Noah, but Joe Kim, the Patriots mm -hmm. pass rush specialist. Um, it was like, okay, Sam, you can do that again. Like, like everything needs fine tuning. Everything needs to, you know, come at a professional NFL level. So I don't even know if his upside is this year, like rookie upside mm -hmm. or developmental down the road upside. But I think Sam Roberts uh, has a chance. Haven't seen as much just firsthand of Ray, but if he can stay healthy coming from Alabama, the scheme fit, the, the knowledge, the sort of, he should have an easier transition into the right. pro game, into the Patriots defense. Uh, but I think both those guys are guys to watch on, even if they're just kind of the next wise, like just that second tier guy mm -hmm. that makes the roster for four or five, six years, never peaks, but is always there as part of the core of your front when you need him. Well, we're just talking about the fact that Larry Guy could very well be in the final year of his time with the Pats. We've been talking about Dietrich Wise not necessarily having like a role, but more than just being like a Pats favorite or, excuse me, a Belichick favorite. Maybe we need to develop and find the next 
Larry guy. It, it, maybe that's Sam Roberts. We need to find the next Dietrich wise. So maybe that's why they got a lot of these guys the same way some of the running backs they drafted could ultimately end up being the next Damian Harris or the next James White. Yep. Belichick has to reload for the future. Definitely a developmental project with him. Obviously, Cowart, Murray at all have not worked out. So I'd love to see these guys do just enough. That's why August to me, these three preseason games are going to be equally fascinating to me as the first month of the season or the first five weeks at least because we're going to get a chance to see, like there's so much unknown about these guys and we'll, I know we'll see them against other second and third teamers, but if they get any first team reps and we actually see these guys move lines, catch passes, rush passers, like we'll know that they bought low and can sell high on some of these guys. So I'm just as intrigued by them in August as I will be now and well into the season, Andy. Uh, yeah. And, and you, you said like, oh, they're playing other second and third teamers. Well, yeah, that's how you start. That's how, right. like, that's how you begin the process. We were talking about Trey Nixon, for example. Well, I'd much rather he pop for the positive in June in t-shirt and shorts than not, right? Yeah. Oh, Does it yeah. mean he's going to play? No, mm -hmm. but it's a first step and you slowly build. Same thing with these guys. Joint practices, go against a three and show up. Make Bill rewind. You know, he's got his little cowboy clicker back and forth after practice. Huh? Mm -hmm. Huh? That's Sam Roberts is winning his matchups. Let's see if he wins matchups tomorrow against the twos or the ones. Or get let's him see. Sam, let's put game. Sam Roberts up against Cole Strange and see what he right. does. Yeah, right. that, yeah, that's why camp's going to be great. And by the way, camp again for anyone who doesn't know, the Patriots released their schedule for training camp 2022. Andy Hart will be on site, I believe, almost every day during that time. I'm going to hopefully, well, we spend too much time together in the first place, but I'll be there a couple of times. Uh, we'll hopefully do some live pods, video and more. Wednesday, July 27th, they have joint practices with the Panthers, August 16th and 17th. And of course, the preseason games are the 11th, the 19th and the 26th, I believe. Two at home and one on the road. The final one in Vegas against the Raiders. Uh, summing this up, Andy. There's a lot to watch on the defensive line. We've got some veterans who could be kicking the can for the final time. we got some guys who need to show up uh, like a Henry Anderson. Otherwise, their time could be cut short. And we've got a lot of prospects to keep an eye on. But I think the, the big takeaway is so goes Barmore, so goes the D-line 2022. My big takeaway was Sam Roberts has high hips. <laughs> you know, the high hips don't lie. He's our guy, Andy Hart. You can follow him on Twitter at Jumbo Hart. I'm at Fitzy GFY. This is the Six Rings Pod. That wraps up our positional breakdown 2022 for the defensive line as we prepare to move on to our final segment on the pod. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's your favorite segment here on Six Rings. You know it. You love it. It's Pat's Potpourri or Pat's Puri, as Andy Hart likes to call it, where we just touch on a little bit of everything else swimming through and floating about the Pat's Nation Osphere. Uh, I would like to begin, actually, with a question from somebody who is watching us on Facebook Live as we record. Andy, Dandy Andy, could you please answer Mo Marie Labrie? <laughs> yeah, you know me. <laughs> okay, if... Edelman returns to football. And the fact that we're even doing this drives me nuts. And I hated the comment in the first place, but we'll humor it. Not yours, Mo Marie Edelman's. If Edelman returns to football, please tell me it will be with new England. I can't stand watching any former players reunite on TB's team down South. Andy, just give me a, do you think he's coming back? And if he does, who would it be with? No. And if he does the Patriots, thank you. I feel the Very exact simple. same. He wants his name out there for relevance. He's, a whore. He's an yes. attention whore. Absolutely. He is Dunzo. Dun Scarino. Dun Doodley. He's he's Nora Dunn. He is Dunzorama. He is bone on bone in at least uh, if not both knees. He was a human operation board in 2019. There is no way this guy can play football anymore. How he was able to even strap him up uh, and get out there for a couple games in 2020. Uh, is a testament to his will, his strength, and some really good drugs. But no, he is not playing football again. And I don't, I mean. I don't want him to also. Like, that's yeah, fine. That's yeah, what you're I was done. Say. And I don't mean it disrespectfully. Or not. Like, no. he's moved on. We've moved on. He's right. in the media. He's doing other projects, all these things. And the team needs to develop its identity in terms of Bourne and Myers and maybe Trey Nixon and maybe Nelson Aguilar. Right. Give like, these guys a chance to grow. It's not your time anymore, Edelman. And I don't really want to see him come back. And even if he had one game that's like, I don't know, it's just that whole like leg fading legend, like uh, you're gone. 
Like, just be gone. It's it's just okay. Everything glory hounding. No, it reminds me of that movie, The Wrestler. It's like I don't want to see you die on the field. Right. I don't want. But see I also like... understand him being a smart uh, marketer and spokesman, mm -hmm. and, and like keep your name out there. Any publicity is good publicity. Like, just be vague and throw it around. But if he did come back, I'll, I'll just I'll humor it for the the second. Because here we are. I it's June. I can't see how he would turn his back on Foxborough forever and all that crap. Like it would, and, and it would be dumb. It would be quite, it would be a short term splash and a long term mistake to leave New England. If he is the marketing savant, uh, the self promotionalist, the businessman that he has proven so well to be in the last couple of years, having learned at the heels of TB12 and his growing alien space food, stretching clinic, movie making, special effects empire he would have to know it would be bad for business. Business would not be booming any longer, at least in the Northeast corridor, if he took his talents elsewhere. Andy, I wrote a little piece today as we record on a Thursday. Hopefully you're enjoying this Friday or over the weekend, uh, getting ready for your Father's Day, whatever happens on this final weekend before summer. I wrote a little piece about uh, Trent Brown's appearance on the Pat McAfee show on Wednesday, June 15th. He had a lot of interesting things to say. Trent Brown has... This offseason made several appearances on freeform, unfiltered sports talk shows. First, back at the end of match on uh, Pad and My Take. And it was a fun interview. Uh, you know, the football guys mocking but loving football all the same. And then he just did McAfee. And I found what he had to say very, uh, it, it gave me cause for optimism. Sure, it all just depends on how his knees and especially how his calves hold up this season as to how much we'll get a chance to love, enjoy, and appreciate the work of ginormous Trent Brown. But to me, he's kind of emerging as a sneaky team leader. He's talking about Bill Belichick called him cool as shit, said coach walks on the treadmill two hours a day and has his laptop and an iPad up there with him as he's making notes and watching game film. Said Mac Jones, first in, last out, uh, can be funny, but he knows when to turn it on, when to turn it off, likes hanging out with him. Said they had a great offseason. Said he's keeping to his weight clause at 370. Um, you know, likes the fact that people are sleeping on the team. Like saying all these things is almost like an unofficial mouthpiece for the team getting out there front and center on a very visible platform like the Pat McAfee show, where he seemed completely comfortable being somebody to answer for the offseason, the preseason, and what the 2022 team's all about. Hell, he even said that Matt Patricia is doing a great job and is someone that he can learn from because he's showing him, uh, what did he say, the who, what, where, when, and why of how they do things on defense and how that can make the O-line better. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, the, the, that last part, I mean, like I would expect him, he's smart enough and a veteran to to be uh, positive about his new coach, not be like, wow, this guy's a clown. Like yeah, He's not going to crap all over the team be like, wow, right. this guy's a dipshit. Yeah, no. Right. But, um, you know, the perspective, because I know like he kind of butted heads with Scar initially when he arrived here and they had some uh, opposing views on hand placement and the way tackles should play. And and then he finally gave in and played Scar's way and it worked. And look what happens. Scar, yeah. Like, yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, like a father, he wrote Bill Belichick, the Patriots and Dante Scarnecki a note when he signed that giant contract right. with the so, Raiders. Uh, and also, but he did also say not a big film guy. He said he would rather work on the field on his technique and let his technique do the work because if he starts watching film, he says he's going to end up looking for tendencies and not letting his talent 
be prepared to do the job that it needs to do, which I thought was potentially controversial at first, but then I was kind of like, you know what? I, I kind of dig that. He should be ready for anything thrown his way anytime. And he's a freakish athlete. Like he can get by with, I'm better than you as long as I'm on my game. If my technique is good, my length, my size, my mm -hmm. power, my athleticism, I'm better than you. Most guys that are on the other side of the line. I mean, sure, maybe there's one or two that are more freakish athletes than him. Um, in terms of the leadership thing, I think that's interesting because he certainly is not a um, classic leader by any stretch of the imagination in terms of his background and, you know, issues staying on the field, right. controversial tattoos. And, you know, I can remember talking about his contract his first time through, like, yeah, I want to hit the lottery. And this is why I played the game to hit the lottery and set my family up for life with this contract. Like, so I think he he's a non-traditional Patriots leader, but I think we've also seen over the years, Patriots leaders come in all shapes and sizes. They're not necessarily the the Matthew Slater buttoned up and I do my job and I say the right thing at all times. Like not Devin McCourty, a community leader. No, they're not, you know, yeah. Like sometimes I think Gronk was a leader. I think Edelman was a leader. Yep. Were they the same as, as Matthew Slater? Hell no. Mike Vrabel, very different, but a, a tremendous leader. And you're seeing that now as a leader of a team. As Teddy a Bruschi coach. was a leader. Yes. Yeah. But do you, different. do you, but do you like Trent Brown sort of stepping up to the plate, answering for the team and being front and center in sure. their sort of off season accountability? Sure. I like, we'll I love see. it. I think you need a guy in that role. And obviously the leader of the O-line is David Andrews. Like mm -hmm. that's the guy he's the centerpiece, the captain, all of that. But I also think, having other guys that are accountable for a key position that is also a key position that sometimes is obvious. You either had a good game, you dominated, or you had a bad game, Mac got killed, the running game sucked, what happened? Like those guys are in sort of under the focus, almost like a quarterback, quarterback, a cornerback, the offensive line, it's usually obvious. Did they play well or did they not play well? So we'll see how he handles that as the year goes on. But first and foremost with him, stay healthy, stay on the field. It's great. You want to be a leader? You know how you can best lead this team? at left tackle for 17 weeks. Yeah, be on the field. Be in the huddle. Keep the weight down. Do yep. your stretching. Do all that jazz. Uh, it, You know, if, he, if he's... Go the best thing he can do is back up what he said on the McAfee appearance yesterday. Um, and you can tell, like, Belichick has a... a I like... I don't know if this is another podcast. Maybe this will just be a segment on a pod. Belichick's guys. Like, he's got, like, a, a little... Like, a little group. Like, a little subgroup of guys that, like... He loves Kendrick Bourne because Bourne has cracked the code, makes him smile, makes him laugh. Like you said earlier, he loves Dietrich Wise. Mm -hmm. uh, Dietrich Wise does a little bit of everything. Um, obviously, he loves Trent Brown as well. What is it these guys? What is it that these guys in particular do that makes Bill? I won't just say like fawn over them, but like kind of like hold them a little bit closer to his um, tiny little raisinette of a heart. Wow! Shot at Bill Belichick there. <laughs> Thought he had a big heart. He does. I'm just, I'm giving the people what they want. I'm fall. I'm, I fell, I fell victim to uh, the, the cliche when we all know in the rumor, but when we all know he's got a whale's heart. Do whales have big hearts? I'm not sure. Huge. Well, they're very large themselves. So yes, one, yeah, one would imagine. Okay. Uh, so what is it about these guys that Bill makes Bill like love them uh, a little bit more? I don't know. I think he is a uh, more complex person than people give credit for. Uh, I think he has a sense of humor that, Mm -hmm. When guys tie into his sense of humor, they create kind of a little bond. Like he's a ball buster. So certain ball busters work with him, whereas certain other ball busters might piss him off. Um, I also think accountability is a big part of it. Like he doesn't, he doesn't have a preconceived notion on guys. 
it's why it works with Trent Brown right. and LeGarrette Blunt and whoever else. There's another one of his guys. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, but for him, I'll tell you why he likes him. He does what I ask him to do. He gets in the end zone, like Trent Brown. He does what I ask him to do. He blocks the guy. He plays the position. I tell like, it's, it's, I think sometimes it's simple. And then in the back end, it's really complex. I think there's a certain, like, it just, je ne sais quoi. Mm-hmm. There's, there's just a, a little, something a little there. certain something that's inexplicable, but Bill loves yeah. having him around. And then Probably of course like the a team. little comment, like, I think Bill does this with the media, certain media members just say certain things or have a certain tone and like Bill respects it and kind of smirks a little bit. Right. And there's other people that could say the exact same thing. And he just gives him the F you throw up. Oh, face. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, what would you like to, um, Add to the today's little Pat's potpourri. And it yeah. also, by the way, anyone who's watching live on YouTube, Facebook, any questions you have, fire them off. we got about another five minutes left in the pod. Be happy to answer them. Me, of course, positively, politely, and professionally. And Andy will just get his grump on. Go ahead. Uh, you set that up well because uh, you brought something up in the off-air portion of the podcast. Yes. Future segments on both probably WEI radio and on this podcast, Six Rings. The jambalaya segment mm-hmm. jambalaya for jumbo heart there we go. and i said i get annoyed because a lot of the quirky producer types on various radio and television programs try mm-hmm. to pigeonhole me as using my last name heart attack hearts on fire heartburn make me be negative and angry i don't care for it i'm a i'm a very multi multi uh yes you're, you're you are a, a layered person in yeah. personality yes but this one actually is a little bit angry um, uh, here, nothing- yeah. <laughs> hey guys, I'm super positive. There's so many nice things about me that you've never discovered. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to bitch about something. No, I just, the, this what whole is thing it? rookie draft pick signing, like it's a big deal. Yeah. Like, who cares? It's not. It's yeah, not. Pierre like, Strong just signed his four-year deal. whoop de f and do. You know what's a big deal? When they don't sign. And when there's mm-hmm. like that one random outlier whose agent tries to talk him into getting offset mm-hmm. language in the first, blah, blah. But, oh my God. Pierre Strong signed? No shit. They all signed. <laughs> like it's all slotted. That, see, that's how they pay. That's how they play on the team right. and how they get paid. Right. It's it's all very simple. Um, so that was just like the the contract signing things in the summer. They're all gonna sign. And if anybody doesn't sign, then we'll talk about it. If training camp begins on July 27th and Cole Strange is unsigned and not on the field, then it's newsworthy, noteworthy, and podcast worthy. Until then. All these guys signing is irrelevant. Uh, Andy, uh, uh, okay, quick question from Johnny Davis, who's watching Johnny. live on YouTubes. Uh, guys, any chance Nelson Aguilar has somewhat of a breakout season? I still have faith he can be a solid part of the offense. Uh, we've spoken to this a little bit. Uh, can he, Andy? And if so, what are the statisticals that go along with a breakout season for a heavily compensated year two professional wide receiver in Foxborough? Well, I'm going to put it uh, maybe similar to Devon. I don't think he'll live up to his contract. Can he be better? Nelson Aguilar, he can be better. He can mm-hmm. contribute more. And this just brought me another idea for a future Six Rings podcast segment. Can, I wish we, if maybe if we, uh, if, if Chime was here, someone be, can someone take notes? I'll send you a t-shirt if you guys take notes and tell us what all the pod topics are that um, we went over today. Go ahead. Sort of uh, statistical tiering or breakdowns of the pass catchers. How mm-hmm. we could envision good and or bad. Maybe like two different versions. If everything goes really well, this is what you see. is Because there's only so many balls to go around. So if you predict 
you know, it's one of the operating phrases of my life. Yes. If you pick Devonte Parker to have a breakout year and get back to 1200 yards and 90 catches, well, that's cutting into somebody other's chances of having a big year. If, yeah, who's if he eating Jacoby into? Is he eating into Jacoby or Kendrick Bourne? Right. Exactly. You can't. Jacoby they Myers can't, can't have catch 70 catches. Right. You can't have 80. For, like both of us want Kendrick Bourne to pop this season. Maybe it's going to come in handoffs and in the run game. Something else we'll get into when we break down wide receivers. Um, Parker, you know, we want more for Jonu Smith. We're hoping Hunter Henry catches 10 more passes. Where's it, it going to come all. from? No, it can't all. It's not going to happen. So uh, can Aguilar be better? Yes. I know a lot of people are putting a lot of stock in he'll gonna he's gonna get more reps in the slot. That's his more natural position. Can he make some? All I really care is make some plays. When I get to January of 2023, I'd like to look back and just say, hey, remember that big catch that Aguilar had against the Bills? Remember that big catch Aguilar had against the Raiders? Remember that bit? Like, give me a few of those that'll jump off. Mm -hmm. I don't care. If I it's... can think of one against the Chargers last season, and then the touchdown he he had touchdowns. I can only remember two against Atlanta, and then against Miami in Week One, when they were both like slants that he just ran into the house. Right, like not big deals to me. Like playmaking. I don't care if it's thirty balls, fifty balls, whatever. Give me some plays because I think that's what he can and should be for this team. Just a complimentary playmaker. Not all that different than John o. Smith, by the way. I think mm -hmm. my recalibrated expectations for the two overpaid free agent signings from a year ago, between the two is, I like to say is, just give me like a half dozen memorable big plays. Something where I say, wow, that changed that game for the offense. That changed that drive, whatever. So I'd say Aguilar and, and Smith, just give me some plays. Like had Aguilar caught the ball in overtime against Dallas, maybe we would have spe been speaking about him differently last season and beyond. You never know. Sometimes one play can turn around a team or at least a player's fortunes all season long. couple quickies here, Andy, and then we'll get out uh, from me. I covered this on .com earlier. Uh, a surprise signing, uh, another addition to a very crowded wide receiver room. I don't know what the hell this guy's going to add. Uh, who's Lil Jordan Humphrey, and do you give him any chance of making the team? I would give him a chance to make the team just because he's big. He's got size. He's big. Right. Um, he's got NFL experience in, in a system that I think there's some similarities that's sort of a Parcellian lineage offensively to the saints and the Patriots. Uh, Peyton is a, is a Belichick guy. So he comes from that world. Um, do I think it's likely he makes the, the roster? No, because yeah. there's other guys you're hopeful of. I mean, we have a second round pick who, unless he gets hurt is, is going to make the roster right in Tyquan Thornton. We need, and we need Thornton. Trey Myers, Born, Trey Nixon, Aguilar. Well, don't put Nixon in the making the roster. I'm just saying he's in the mix. And now you add another guy who hasn't been here for a year. We'll see. He, I mean, he hasn't been overly productive. I think he had like a career high with like 13 catches for 200 yards last year or something. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I would not slot him in on the roster. But with this group, I mean, we don't even really know who the number one receiver is. So to, to tell you who the fifth receiver is, I can't tell you who the fifth receiver is till I tell you who the number one receiver is. So it's all up for grabs. Uh, okay, last two real quick. Delusional Patriots fan with the addition of Parker. Parker, I hardly knew her. Does Myers get bumped down for Bourne? Stop shaking your head. No one listening can Terrible. hear you shaking your head, but those watching can. Stop it. I don't want to be judged. It was a bad joke. It's a dad joke. It's Father's Day weekend. Leave me alone. I love bad dad jokes. That was not good enough to be a bad <laughs> dad joke bombs over bad dad uh also he continued that was even worse uh it yeah. feels like myers is part of the crowded backfield it's getting a little too crowded he did only sign the second round tender there's been no long-term deal is jacoby myers 
in a little bit of a prove it or lose it type season. Like, cause I, I've had him penciled in as a long-term option because he's usually got sure hands, understands the game plans, gets open in small spaces, not super small spaces. Doesn't have that like twitch. Um, but he also throws a hell of a deep ball. So what do you think? I think he's replaceable. I like him. I like Jacoby Myers a lot, but I'm not going to spend money to keep him. I, I yeah. just, I'm not, and you can't and spend I, $8 million on Jacoby Myers. Right? No, like, and that's like, you look at the number and say, wow, what'd he catch? 80 passes last year, 80, something, right around 80. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, okay, you're a number one receiver or you're a top pass catcher for a team. What's your paycheck? I just don't think it, it's kind of like when he came into the league, there's a reason he wasn't drafted. Like the disrespect is going to continue. I think with Jacoby Myers. Yeah, see, 83, see, but at the same time, though, like 126 targets, 83 catches, 866 yards, two tutties, averages a little over 10 yards a catch. Like, he doesn't he is a score. Good, he doesn't he's play. a good receiver. He's not great. You've probably seen the ceiling. He's a high floor, low ceiling type of receiver, which is kind of what the entire offensive talent core is built around. And he's exactly. kind of the embodiment and epitome of it. But at they the same time, like, they need upside. But don't you want to have like a utilitarian blue collar portion of your offense that you know you can always depend on? Like yeah, I Myers? Just for it. I just don't pay for it. You just don't. Right. Exactly. Especially on a roster where you're overpaying other people and not getting return on investment. Oh, well, that, that would absolutely blow from Situate to South Beach if this guy can't be a member of the Patriots because you overpaid Aguilar or John Smith. I mean, that there'll also be more money next year. So maybe that's a different conversation for a different day. I also respect him and would say much like the Patriots often do, go see what you can get. And I will not begrudge you if you're like Ted Karras and you can get a multi-year deal with guaranteed money. Like, I think he, Ted Karras would be an offensive lineman version of Jacoby Myers, the receiver. Like he's capable. I am am all here for that comp. Well done. So, and I like Ted Karras and I like Jacoby Myers. And if I'm Bill, you know what I'd say? Wait, they offered you how much guaranteed? They offered, let's just say somebody offers him like 20 million guaranteed, 15, whatever. I'd say, Good luck, Jacoby. When they cut you, call me first. <laughs> yes, come, come back. We will leave a spot open for you. You take the Patrick Chung Memorial rejoining the Patriots Highway. You can either get off at the Brian Hoyer or the Matt Patricia exit off the ramp, whichever one makes you most comfortable, yep. depending yeah, I, on so which way you want to go around the stadium. His lot in life is he's going to be disrespected for the entirety of his football career. And the last one, uh, just a quick answer on this. And a... Uh, Les Ingles wants to know the OBJ to Patriots talk somehow continues to live on. It will not die. Kyle Branch of the NFL Network recently said that he thinks he would be a monster on the Patriots, though he probably wouldn't even be ready until halfway through the season. Despite this now more crowded wide receiver room than ever, what odds do you give for this to happen? Andy Hart, your answer. Um, I'm going to say low. Like, I think OBJ might just play it out, right? Get healthy and sign later rather than sooner. Wait for Mm -hmm. somebody to get hurt. Wait for teams to declare themselves. You want to be on a good offense that's playing for something, not a bad team that's just scuffling through an average middling season. So if he's healthy in the middle of October and all of a sudden the Saints are really good, OBJ to the Saints. If Buffalo continues to be a wagon, OBJ to Buffalo. If Miami outkicks expectations, OBJ to Miami. If one of the receivers gets hurt in Denver, he joins up with Dangerous, OBJ to the Broncos. I would wait if I were him. And I also don't think it makes much sense for the Patriots. You have a crowded wide receiver room as it is. There's 10 guys right now on the, like, you got to cut a couple. Injuries will happen. It's football. It it is football. It's It's football. Battle of attrition. Um, (laughs) He's not, like, 
The name OBJ is more than what the player is now. He's mm-hmm. injured. He's scuffled through the years in Cleveland. Just I know, when he's about but he to was really back. good in the playoffs. No, I know for a good offense with a good quarterback like that was rolling that had other weapons oh, that had the right. best receiver in football lining up next to him. Yeah, you no, don't yeah, just yeah. he's not a he's not even a B. When a B was troubled, it was like put a B on the Patriots. He's easily their number one receiver. I don't is OBJ physically better than Kendrick Bourne right now. Uh, with a bad, with a healing ACL, no. Another healing ACL, loose yep. system. Like mm-hmm. I just, yeah, yeah. I don't know what he is. Like his name and reputation precede him. The cart of his name in his in his past is ahead of the horse that is OBJ right now. I wasn't sure if you were going to be able to power that one out, but you did, and I respect you for it because I appreciated it. And that wraps up today's podcast. Good job, Andy Hart. Once again, you can follow him at Jumbo Hart. I'm at Fitzy GFY. Hopefully, Shime Time is back with us next week. We got a lot more positional breakdowns. We came up with at least 33 new ideas for podcasts to do you wrote this offseason. Right? Somebody wrote them down. Okay. And uh, hopefully, they'll get back to me, and I will send them some merchandise from the store. Let's go Celtics. Uh, camp is a little over a month away, but obviously, a lot to discuss. Until then, Andy and I will be on Saturdays. Uh, this might be our last Saturday together for a while because someone's got some well-scheduled vacation time coming up. But we'll be live from Fenway this Saturday from 1 to 4 on WEEI. Until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. To anyone who was live with us as we recorded the pod today, at Six Rings Pod on the socials, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, all that jazz and so much more, Apple Pods, Spotify, and wherever your podcasts are distributed. Good luck. God bless. Go Celtics. Drink up. And as always, go blank yourself. Six Rings Podcast out. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.